Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. <coughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't have to go Got right him. into it. Didn't have to do that Got right him. away. Yeah. Well, well that, that spoils the news. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's back it up for a bit, right? So we haven't recorded in about two weeks, right? Two three, and a half, almost three weeks. Three weeks. Almost three, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I went to Europe. I had, a, I had a great time. I went to Germany, Austria, and Prague. Spent six nights in Munich. Uh, did a day trip to Salzburg in Austria, and then went to Prague for four nights. All very beautiful cities. Munich, a bit more modern, I'd say. Uh, Salzburg and Prague, though, very like old. Like it's just cobblestone everywhere in Prague. Very cool. Like a bunch of very walkable city, cafeterias, all that fun stuff. Um, with some close friends, had a great time. Um, got back on Tuesday evening. This last week, today is no, I got back Tuesday last week. Today is Monday, the following week. And on Friday, um, I had tested positive for COVID. <laughs> um, mm. Woke up. Um, I was I was pretty tired on Thursday, but I didn't think anything of it. Um, I just assumed it was just like jet lag worse than I expected. And then on Friday, I woke up, had a sweet little 100 degree fever. My butthole clenched a little bit. I'm like, is this it? And um, took a quick rapid test and it was very positive, like instantly the second <laughs> the thing passed, it was positive. So yeah, got uh, got COVID. Uh, thankfully, all things considered, my symptoms so far have been very mild, actually. My fever hasn't gone higher than 100. My cough, all things considered, have been very mild. That was a very exaggerated cough at the beginning there. Um, really just some congestion and like a lot of sinus pressure. It's actually, it actually just kind of feels like a bad sinus infection right now, more than anything. Um, which is actually pretty annoying in its own right, but I can breathe, so it's fine. Right. <laughs> so, um, I guess the moral of the story is uh, get vaccinated if you haven't already, folks, because I'm assuming I'd be much worse for wear if I hadn't been vaccinated right now. I'm fully vaxxed and boosted. Um, and yeah, it's honestly just been for me like um, an annoying cold so far. So I'm grateful for that, especially because I have asthma. So I was, a yeah, man, I was, uh, you know, when, uh, when you said that, you know, tell, told me that you test positive for COVID. I mean, for sure. That was like always something that you were worried about because this is your first go around with COVID mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, first mm -hmm. time having it. I think two you're years the last, I avoided it. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're honest. You're literally probably the last person that like is a friend or family member that has gotten it that I know. Like, I think you were the last domino to fall literally. Yeah. I was, uh, the, the castle has fallen, you know? Yeah. Cause everyone is down, black every, down. Everyone in my family has gotten it at least once. Um, uh, Katie's gotten it. Uh, pretty much every coworker I know has gotten it at least once. Uh, and I think all of Brokaw has gotten it at one point, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably. Hot Mickey, got, Hot Mickey got it. Producer Hot Sam Mickey got, got it. it. Producer uh, Sam got it. Oh, yeah. Orion has gotten it. Sorry, Orion. But no, it's uh, it's it's been around, you know? It's been going around. It's been several. It's, it's almost been three years. On the bright uh, side, really pushing towards that herd immunity. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> they say this new variant, you can catch it even if you got COVID already. So I well, don't know, that's man. That's with all of them, though. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it's there's a big surge right now in case anybody hasn't really been paying too much attention. There's a big surge. You know, I think the, the fourth shot or, you know, the second booster is going to be available widely for people, at least in the United States, very soon here within the majority of age ranges. Um, I actually know somebody that got their second booster. Um, so it's available to people and mask up again. You know, I think it's like uh -huh. it's the song and dance, you know, surges go up, hospital visitations go up. We actually have someone close to me and Matt that had to go to the hospital recently, and it's very scary. So keep the mask on, up the vitamin C, take the vaccine, get the booster. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's all we can do, really. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I wonder if on Spotify will be flagged for, you know, click Miss here. It, yeah, do your own research <laughs> tag. Yeah, um, my God. I doubt they're auditing us that closely. But if they do, I mean, frankly, I'd be kind of... Flattered. Flattered, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, man, but... Um, you know, yeah. it's been it's been a while since we've recorded. I, I wanted to catch up on a few things, Matt. Um, besides Europe, well, mm -hmm. you owe us a little bit of a Europe star. I don't want to make you... Uh, 
relive the whole experience right away. I know we talked about it a little bit, but what was the best part of Europe? Oh gosh. Uh, honest. I mean, I think for me, it was just spending like, this is like super cheesy, but like just spending, um, like 10 days with some of my closest homies and friends. Cause like, nice. these are people that I lived through the most of the pandemic with and also lived with during college for a very long time. So it's literally just like 10 days with some of your best friends, just like fucking around, having fun and like drinking and having a good time. Um, so that was awesome. Um, one of my, <laughs> one of the nights we, um, just, I don't know, a lot of clubbing, a couple of nights. Um, <laughs> one of the nights showed up to the headache with or club with a headache, left with a headache, just a lot of energy, very busy. It was just very busy. You know, we were there for 10 days and like most of the day, we had a couple chill days, but most of the days we were doing stuff. Like we were getting like 30,000 steps a day. Um, I can't believe but, that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, yeah, it was just like a lot of drinking. Germany, you can drink publicly anywhere, which is really cool, like public transport anywhere. Um, the German clubs, I went to one club. The club I went to in Germany, in Munich, was very fun. Um, literally, though, we went there after like a day of literally being on our feet for 12 hours. And then we're like, oh, fuck, it's Saturday. Let's go to the club. <laughs> and like, it was like already like 1130 at this point. That's like normal. You know, like you don't get to the club till like midnight or one in, in Europe, I guess. So we get there and like I have a headache when we get there. The music's blaring. Fucking. But the shots are like 250, 250 for a shot of tequila. Incredible. Um, I bought like a round of drinks for my friends. I bought, I bought nine drinks like for $65, which was like really cheap. That's I know super it's like cheap. $65, but I mean, nine drinks in America would have cost like two hundred dollars um and i'm like i'm watching he's not like like, skimping on these drinks or anything so just all around a a great trip um a lot of schnitzel a lot of schnitzel first night we went there oh man so much schnitzel um i think the guy like tricked us into buying more than we needed we got like a family thing he's like oh you need two but like one could have fed us um, but yeah, a lot of great time. We, there's a great DJ kept telling us how was the apocalypse. He was singing radioactive. Just yeah, a lot. <laughs> it was a very right. interesting thing. And I think the biggest takeaway is I think a lot of people romanticize Europe and I do th- fuck with Europe. I don't think I would live there personally, but I do like it a lot. Uh, but I will say undeniable is the European um, public transit, at least in the cities I went to, um, so so good so so good yeah um you know like i I was blown away with how great the public transit was in europe or in germany in particular and just how convenient the trains were you know i could take a train to prague i could take a train to salisbury there were plenty of like trams buses whatever you need within the city um and i also learned every country has its own problems on the train back from prague to munich I got separated from my friends because we ran out of seats in our cart and I was in a cart with like this old German guy and this old English guy and they were just bitching about the EU. Um, <laughs> it was really fun. Well, uh, you like, while you yeah, were there. Yeah, we had some Brexit homies in my cart. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. I was in a cart with, it's like the start of a joke. It's like, all right, you get you walk into a train cart with a Czech, an American, an English, and a German. Like, what do you get? You know, <laughs> um, that was my train cart on the way back. It was really interesting. Um, and yeah, they were just like bitching about whatever. And I'm like, it's just a good reminder that like everything kind of sucks everywhere sometimes. And <laughs> all right, very, and, um, very, it was, it was humbling. Yeah, it was yeah. sobering. It was like, man, I'm vacationing here and these are just like people's lives. You know, it's interesting in that in that regard, but a lot of fun overall. Beautiful city, and um, hopefully, I'll go back sooner than later. Sometime. Love it, love it. Okay, great recap. We'll do man. a TFP tour in there. A little, <laughs> a little live show in Germany. Fuck. I know it would have been it would have been a, a big ask to have you uh, record while you were abroad, but uh, yeah. I, I still I still think we should have tried it. But uh, next time, next time one of us is abroad, we called we'll, in. We'll Riverside is a great call in future. Yeah, yeah, we could have yeah. done that. Or we could have just done like a quick bonus episode, you know, 10 minute check in. But next time, yeah, uh, maybe yeah. maybe when I'm in Chicago, do something silly like that. Oh, um, or it. Nashville. Yeah, I got oh, yeah, I got going to Chicago, got a little bit of travel coming up next couple of weeks. Um, me, me and Katie are going to Lollapalooza uh, this week. So by the time this airs, I will be there um, just two days, Friday and Saturday uh, of 
the actual festival. The rest of the days are just going to be hanging out in uh, Chicago. We're taking an architecture tour on the river that I'm very, very, Ooh. very excited about. Apparently the second best city tour in the world behind the Vatican. So, you know, you're in the same conversation as the Vatican. I think it's a pretty good tour. It's a pretty I'm good I'm very tour. excited about that. I'm um, excited for you to get a picture with the giant reflective metal The bean, ball. yeah. The bean, um, the bean, yeah. I'll, I guess Katie really wants to go to the bean. We'll probably end up going to the bean. You're going to go to the bean. Yeah, I'll go to the bean. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like there's, there's definitely more than the bean. There's definitely better things than the bean, but you kind of got to go, I guess. You got to go. I have a feeling I like the architecture tour more than the bean. I'm just going to take a wild guess. But yeah. anyway, a um, bunch of stuff happened too while you're away, Matt. Uh, Stray came out. Comic-Con's Stray. been going on. Uh, that's allergic been big, to cats. big in the news. <laughs> yeah, allergic to cats. And uh, that game's been a little bit of a point of contention. It's now like one of the highest rated games on Steam after about a week. And they're saying it's really just a just a memeable game just a really popular i see it on tiktok a lot i see people streaming it a lot i see people who love cats playing it a lot uh people who aren't gamers are streaming it and um it's, get, it's getting a lot of praise but critically not so much so a little bit of contention going on in the, is it like a sad world. game is it i think it's just an environmental like kind of walking sim cat but you're a cat kind of game okay yeah because i don't it's know not- if i can handle sad right now yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think we're throwing this on the list. We are. We are. Okay, so okay, listeners, yes. if you want to fuck with me, you know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vote for Stray. Yeah. Um, the voting will probably still be going on uh, by the time this airs. So, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, Comic-Con's been going on. There's been some big announcements. I think we'll probably uh, talk a lot of this during our, our topical episode coming up very soon. But, you know, the next Marvel phase got un- uh, unveiled and, you know, they're tweeting from chadwick boseman's twitter account oh my it's just God. insane yeah. um so there's it's been a it's been kind of a crazy week multivert lebron is going to be in multiverses everybody lebron is officially in a video game hilarious uh i'm downloading the open beta tomorrow so i'm very excited about doing that and yeah it's just uh my god there's a lot to catch up on but we're not catching up on all that right now that's definitely a conversation that we'll be going into on next week's episode matt what are we talking about today Oh, Lucas. Today, we, I'm searching this up a little bit. Today, we (laughs) are talking about the game that is everything SpongeBob Battle for the Bikini Bottom wishes it was. Wow, that's so good. And the Forgotten Land. That's right. That's, that's right. Sucking noise. <laughs> Eight out of ten from IGN. Nine out of ten from Game Informer. Nine out of ten from GameSpot, and an eighty-five out of a hundred on Metacritic. Uh, Kirby, the cute pink ball that sucks up monsters and steals their abilities. Most famously known from the video game Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Kirby. Matt, before we get into it. Mm-hmm. Is there like a place on, I don't know, the internet where people could find us? Is there maybe like a, a place ooh, where they can like ooh, smash ooh. a like button or smash a follow button? I just, for some reason, I can't think of anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, everyone. Um, if you'd like, you should just email thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. Uh, as well, you can find our Discord in the link tree on any of the social media handles. Uh, Discord's the best place to find myself and Lucas. Come chat, come hang out. It's a good time. We got a great community in there um, that likes to just chat video games and really whatever's kind of going on in the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, fun fact, I found out zeitgeist is a German word. Um, I used yes. it in my, my German friend. Yeah. That friend that lives in Germany it just, called it out. It literally translates to like time spirit or spirit of the times. Something like that. Or like night something. I don't know. But he he got, he perked up when I said it. Um, <laughs> and then as well, um, you can find the link to our Discord as well on our website. Thanks for playing dot live. And 
if you haven't already, tell a friend about the podcast. You know, we love to have the podcast grow and that's really the best way to do it. So spread the good word. Two years. Two, two years. years. Two years. We've been doing this for two years just, now. Yeah. Wow. I just realized that. Um, fucking Kirby is our two year episode. Maybe we could have better on that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Man. Wow. Um, well, we had to play a game I could play while I was traveling. I played it mostly on the trains. Um, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, you know, two years doing TFP, everyone. Go check out our socials. Been doing this for a while. Probably going to be doing it for a good bit longer, I think. And we'd love to have you all for the journey. Great. Um, all right, let's get into it. Kirby. Matt, have you ever played a Kirby game before? I've played Smash Brothers. Okay. Which has Kirby in it. That's I have right. never played a Kirby dedicated video game. Okay, gotcha. So so I've played two kind of played three of them. Okay. I've played the Canvas Curse for the Nintendo DS, which was a really great Kirby game. Um Kirby Air Ride, which was the racing game, came out for GameCube fucking awesome game so like i love that that game is genuinely amazing um and there was one for the 64 which i forgot the name of um i meant to look it up right before we hit record but um that game was sort of your standard side scrolly kirby adventure game uh and you know i've played uh forgotten land and hal is a great developer Hal Laboratory is the developer of this Kirby game and has done some incredible games uh one of our favorite games obviously Super Smash Brothers Melee was developed by Hal, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Snap, the original Super Smash Brothers, Kirby 64 is the game that I was thinking of before. Mm -hmm. um, a number of games on Switch, a lot of them Kirby games, uh, incurred, including Kirby Star Allies, uh, Super Kirby Clash, Kirby Fighters 2. So a lot of Kirby from the Hal team over there, but um, just a ton of games all across the board um, and basically has developed for every single Nintendo system from way back in the NES. These have been around forever, yeah. Hal Laboratory. Yeah, like since the 80s. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Kind of remarkable, actually. But yeah, a lot of Kirby, a lot of everything, really. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they've just done so much. Um and I guess really quickly before we do jump in any further into anything, I'll give the good people just like a brief little synopsis of what this Kirby game is about. Because if you're like me, you just know Kirby as the pink puff ball your girlfriend likes to play in Super Smash Brothers, right? <laughs> um, that's I think yeah, that's what a lot of people know it of. So Kirby and the Forgotten Land. One day while Kirby is vibing on his home planet, playing pop star out of nowhere a dark vortex appears over dreamland sucking up everything into an abandoned civilization called new world a new world the waddledees from dreamland are kidnapped by the native wildlife the beast pack so kirby embarks on a journey to save the waddledees and explore new world all right very very clear cut i mean it's really that simple Right. It's just mm -hmm. like you don't need that much of a big premise to have. I mean, it's an interesting take. Uh, I think a lot of Kirby fans, uh, video game fans in general, were very excited about a pretty big, drastic change in scenery from what Kirby games normally look like. The setting for a lot of Kirby games. This basically looks like a post-apocalyptic version of Earth. Um, and, you know, maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, but it was a really, really interesting setting for the game, place to take it. And um, Kirby has a brand new ability where he could actually become commonplace objects in that world, uh, like a car, like a vending machine, like stairs. Um, he could become like a circular air blowy cannon air thing. cannon thing. Yeah. He could become like a, a rolly cinder, a, traffic a cone, cone, a traffic cone, a rolly cinder uh cement cylinder rolly thing um there's a bunch of things basically kirby is becoming objects that exist in like modern earth right so really really cool thing to do with the game and change it up um i think kirby and i say this from uh a non kirby fan perspective you know kirby has a long long history um has so many different kind of games and kirby is so far through like game history and has had so many iterations that like i mean the two kirby games that i played one's a racing game and one is like a platformy touchscreen ds game that was sort of like not a traditional kirby game at all 
And yeah. there's been like Kirby fighting games. Obviously, Kirby's appeared in, you know, Nintendo stuff like Super Smash Brothers. But Kirby has had all sorts of different things besides just your typical side scrolly platformer thing. I mean, there's just been a lot of different types of Kirby games. There's I mean, it's like a huge character, of, right? Just a huge yeah. piece. So they'll do anything they can do to get money out of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sort yeah. of like the Sonic thing. Like there's been like just your Sonic racing, like your Sonic games where you're just Sonic going through levels. Or it's like and, Crash Bandicoot, right? You get Crash Bandicoot, you get Crash Bandicoot racing. Um, Sonic Spinball, you know, yeah. there's like a Sonic car racing game and then there's a Sonic multiplayer game. Then there's a, like, you know, a multiplayer focused one. And then Sonic appears in Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. It's like it's kind of just goes. They just do whatever they fucking can with the character to just like do more, find more audiences because it's a very flexible character and things like that. I think Kirby's sort of in that realm. Um, very likable character, extremely cute, easy to make plushies out of, uh, easy to market. And I just think that that it's sort of a, you kind of got to make the Kirby game, right? It's not like yeah. making, it's not like Nintendo going off and making like an F-Zero game. No one knows who that is. It's like hard to market, hard to create, um, harder to be, re, be really diverse with gameplay for certain types of things. Kirby is just one of these very, very solid, safe Nintendo characters um, or video game characters as a whole. And for me, first going into first impressions, that's what I felt this game was. Uh, it's not a super challenging game. It's not extremely diverse in terms of systems or gameplay. There's no innovation here. Um, it's sort of just a very easygoing, fun, cute game that brings Kirby into a little bit of the future or kind of changes the game setting into a really cool, like into a, a you know, admittedly very interesting place, but nothing crazy. Right. Nothing crazy. Yeah, you're pretty much you pretty much see everything that there is to offer in this game within the first hour of the game is kind of is what I would say about it. There's really you can upgrade your gameplay and stuff as the game goes on. You can upgrade your power ups you get. But really, the, the, the way you play the game doesn't really change that much in the kind of strategy you have when you go into boss fights or whatever it may be. But it's just, you know, it's a fun contained experience that they use the Kirby IP for. I think it's important to acknowledge, you know, in this kind of review that neither Lucas or myself, we're not the target audience really for this game. Uh, and I know we're both going to do our best to be considerate of that. Because I'll never forget, we posted a TikTok of us shitting on SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. And some guy just commented, he's like, bro, it's SpongeBob. What are you doing? And I was like, yeah, it kind of got us there. <laughs> that game did suck, though. That game, that game was way, suck, way, though. way worse than this game. I yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, you know, like Matt's saying, it is, it's just not in our demographic, right? I think if I played this game when I was very young, when I was like seven or eight, it would have been like an awesome thing. I would have spent a whole summer playing this game. It would have been an amazing game to to rent out from the store or get for my birthday or Christmas. I would have played a lot of it, you know? There's like actually some decent replayability. There's like a secret final boss. There's a lot of replayability within the levels themselves. And there's even like little mini game like levels and side levels where you could actually kind of do a time attack type of thing where you're trying to beat the level as fast as possible. So yeah. there's, there's plenty of like sort of things to do in that regard. But I don't know, uh, you it's know- It's a collective fun. Yeah, it's a collectathon at the end of the day. So you're going to you're going to be replaying stuff and it's it's going to feel a little bit repetitive. Uh, it's going to feel a lot repetitive, actually. And in terms of like progression or learning new abilities, it really does not get more diverse after the first few hours of the game. You like when you do acquire the new abilities, it is really fun when you get them and when you realize what you can do. For instance, uh, I got the ice ability like early, you get the ice ability early on and you're like, okay, this is a cool ability. But then when you go to the water level, now the ice ability allows you to skate on the water. That's cool, right? But that yeah. novelty is like there for the one level. It's pretty cool. And it it's not like it loops around or changes the way you're playing the game moving forward. It's just kind of a cool thing that they start doing in that level. And I, I feel like that's what this game kind of is. It's like a level that's really cool, has like an interesting gimmick to it, and then you move on and then it it's the next thing. Yeah. Uh, 
you're not overall like learning the new ability like in a collectathon like a banjo kazooie at least like you find new abilities you like unlock a whole new zone you could play things out of order um there's like a lot of diversity in those kinds of games but with this it's just kind of a straight it might as well be super mario 3d world where you're just picking a level and going through it right except it's way easier than super mario 3d world anyway yeah i will say and i, I do think it is important to mention um I find Kirby as like, a, when you think about what it is, what he is, her, I'm not sure, actually the gender, when you think about what it is, Kirby is horrifying. <laughs> Dude, terrifying. Kirby's a god. Kirby's like- the, so many like... levels. Uh, <laughs> he's this god that just consumes this absolute fucking glutton and- he just consumes and absorbs and assimilates. You know, when when Cell started running around sucking up people in Dragon Ball, everyone is terrified. Kirby does it. No one blinks an eye, you know, because he's because um, he's cute. But I just find it so terrifying. Like these, there's there's these little beast guys just running around and you suck them up and you just they're gone and they're a part of you now. <laughs> And then if you when you're done, you pop them out and it's like a little star animation. And I don't know. It's just it doesn't sit right with me. And seeing this in a children's game, I mean, I'm I'm glad that eight, the common eight year old doesn't take the time to think about this because I'm sitting here on a hot ass train from Prague. And I'm 26 playing this game, listening to some British guys ranting about the EU. And I'm just terrified. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's a great it's, point, actually. Yeah, it's just it, it's wild to me. Um and the worst part is he doesn't even have to totally assimilate them as seen when he just sucks in the inanimate objects. He could like partially do it and then just give them back. But he chooses to just devour the living things. <laughs> I feel like there's you're kind of starting off like a horror movie pitch with what you got here. It's, it's funny. Uh, when I when I first got the game, uh, Katie was over. I downloaded it and kind of played it like the first like 30 minutes or so. And she's like, oh, you know, Kirby's so cute. And. Oh, wow. Look at like, look at the, his little animation, like when he gets hit, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, what, what is Kirby? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. I was like, right? he's kind of like a God. I was like, he kind of just eats everything and kind of reminded anything? me of a uh, gluttony from Full Metal Alchemist. If you watch that, whenever never, I've never seen that. There's a character that can do that. Yeah, they have um, characters based off the seven sins. And there's oh, one sick. for gluttony that literally just like consumes everything. That's awesome. There's a there's a One Punch Man character that's kind of the same way too. A vi both a villain and a hero in that series. But yeah, I don't know. Kirby's Kirby. I mean, if you think too much about it, Kirby becomes very disturbing. Is the is the fact of the very matter. very quickly. Um, but yeah, Kirby, like I said, is is a fun and cute character. Obviously, like a real staple to Nintendo, uh, you know, for many, many years. So he's he's always going to have a game, multiple games on every single console and generation. It's just always going to come out. Um, you know, just jumping into game design, I, I do feel like the game was super solid. Game design, very sound, very grounded, surprising and fun at times. Um, like the way Kirby dodged, the way Kirby jumped and flipped. Uh, the way Kirby absorbs stuff, it kind of all has these like really energetic ways of doing it. Really great like animations and sound design when Kirby just takes actions. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when you do get a new mouthful ability, meaning like when Kirby becomes an inanimate object in the world, the first time it happens, it's always very fun. It's like, oh, cool. Like, what did I did I just become like a car? Oh, what? Or like a glider <laughs> or something. Yeah. Or the glider. And it's like they take it to like another. But like. In totality, there's probably like a dozen of those abilities. There's really not that many. Like if you like you do repeat a lot, like very quickly, like one will appear in one level and then appear two levels later. I found that to be a little like, come on, like there's got to be more ideas than just this one. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, as a, as a criticism is uh, the movement is does actually end up feeling sluggish. Um, I, I'd say I say the animations are really good in a lot of what Kirby does, but like you're ju you can't 
you can't do that much. Kirby has like a slide, has like kind of a dodge that you can't, can't you can't really like has a lot of end lag on it. Yeah, I didn't even realize he had a dodge till the, literally the final boss fight. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. I was dodge dodging was cool because it would slow mo when you did have like a perfect dodge, which was mm. cool, but it had a lot of end lag on it, which didn't feel very good. Uh, his jump is kind of ass in general. It, it is, which it's is really bad because coming from a Smash Brothers, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because he has, you know, just a very like he's very floaty, very maneuverable in that way. Yeah. And then his maneuverability is kind of just ass in this game overall, I'd say. His jump is so I don't know why his jump feels so weird in this game. It's like he his first jump is good, but then like every jump after that is like has no mobility is really short you actually get a lot of them too you get you could just spam jump and float for a long time so yeah. like the jumping really doesn't feel that like there's just no dynamic in the jumping you could just it's really just one infinitely. jump then just like keeping yourself in place yeah exactly and you can't like cancel out of it you fall to the ground very very slow you don't have any options out of your jump really you have to like let go of your breath and then you just kind of fall um, and you can't do anything really at, the, at that point. So it's just a really weird, like, I feel like they could have done a little bit more. It, it, I find it really ironic that K Kirby in his own solo game just doesn't have as many options as he has in some of his other games. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you're, you're limited and it, it's a it's a shame that it kind of pigeonholes you because it does kind of get it, it does give you a lot of potential options to play the game in different ways, a lot of different abilities, a lot of different upgrades. But no matter what you do, no matter what you upgrade, the way you play the game doesn't really change, you know? It kind of reminded me actually of some of the complaints you had about Cyberpunk 2077, where I was like, but, but, but yeah, I upgraded my grade gun. It's fun. But you're like, yeah, you only need an upgrade of one gun, then you're done. And like yeah. that's kind of how <laughs> that's kind of how Kirby was, right? Like maybe you upgrade your dragon fire or like one thing, and then you're just kind of set the whole game and really don't even need to upgrade anything to beat the game. It's pretty Yeah. You know, easy and, in there. And again, this game is meant for young children. <laughs> but the the counter argument I will give with the made for children kind of thing is like Nintendo just not too long ago made Super Mario Odyssey. And like a lot of people were comparing these two games where it's like, okay, like a Kirby game set on earth, like kind of like a Mario game. It's like, okay, Super Mario is like a Mario game, but you're in New York City, right? And it's like, I, I was seeing the parallels for a little bit and Mario Odyssey like has dozens of movement options. Like the way, what you can do, you can wall jump, you can move very quickly, you can kind of sprint, you can, you can, long jump you can use your hat and all these sorts of, you could triple jump it's so many so many interesting and cool ways you could even sort of fast fall you know yeah. it's like there's all these different ways that they made mario move and kind of brought him into a really refreshing like new sort of take in a new setting and it just they they didn't really for me do that with kirby it just he's kind of like very floaty just doesn't feel that great to move and in terms of like the new abilities that you get, I feel like Mario Odyssey even had more of those. So it's like they took a formula where like you're you have your baseline movement and platforming, but now you can kind of become different things and the view of the game and the levels changes depending on what you become. But it just you were still able to beat every level without really needing to absorbing anything like every level is extremely easy. And something like Super Mario Odyssey, you had to play as certain, you had to use certain other abilities to beat the level. Like mm -hmm. you could not get this this moon, whatever, unless you became this particular thing with Cappy. But in the Kirby, it's like you can, I literally saw someone just beat all these levels on YouTube without using a single ability. They just absorb people and then just shot them out. Almost like that was the meta. It's like, it's your game. Is your game failing if like the best way to beat the final boss is to just like absorb everything or like to beat all your bosses is like skip all the upgrades, not yeah, use a sword, yeah. not use a cutter, not use a fire and just absorb and shoot stars. Just seems like a failure there. Yeah, it's a little lame, you know, and I would I would personally sum that up to two things. Like we mentioned, it, it is a game target at younger audiences, so they're not putting Every criticism is valid, but I think because it is targeted 
towards younger audiences, they just don't care as much because they know that the people that are going to buy this game are going to buy it no matter what. Like either 26-year-old men like us, 27-year-old men, or <laughs> eight-year-olds. There's no in between. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think you're right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's just not on the top of their list of concerns. And I, I mean... Kirby's popular, but it's not as popular as Mario, right? There's going to be a lot more care put into any Mario game than there is any Kirby game at the end of the day. You know, and it's interesting, too, as far as collectathons go. Um, well, for one, this game, in, in a way, committed one of my biggest game sins, which is making you backtrack to a past level to unlock something new, um, like in, in a linear level, not like an open world game, right? where I had, I think it was either the first or second um, zone. I, you know, got through all the levels and I was playing it on like while I was traveling. So I wasn't putting that much thought into whatever I was doing. I was kind of just going through the levels and I was like down one Waddle D and I had to go back and play a whole level and just find one extra Waddle D just to unlock the final boss. And I fucking hate that in game so, (laughs) so much. It happened in SpongeBob too. And speaking of that, there's actually... There were a couple big similarities to me that stood out to this game um, with SpongeBob. Was for one, I mean, I think this is probably I think you've played more than I have, Lucas. But this is just something that's very, uh, very, very typical of collectathons, where you know it requires X amount of things to progress, very basic combat, and then Kirby had this, and SpongeBob had this, has this. It's like, oh, there's these little races where you can do them and then oh if you don't like how you did you can reset and try and go back and get the collectible again a second time you know spongebob had that with the spatulas and like going down you know the kelp slopes or whatever on the clams Mm -hmm. oh yeah and kirby had this with whether you were a um a car or a glider or a glider or a a rolling you know giant lead pipe whatever it may be and I will say, I think Kirby was actually a much more forgiving game in that regard. I mean, SpongeBob, I actually had to look up guides just to get through that game in a timely manner for the podcast, but Kirby was much more forgiving in that regard. Um, but yeah, a lot of similarities I've noticed just uh, among bad collectathons. Maybe that's just typical of the collectathon genre. I don't know. I don't play it that often. I don't yeah. care for it. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a bit of a bummer. As far as like other game design stuff goes, I mean, we really summed it up pretty well. You suck stuff up, you get abilities, you can level up those abilities. Um, to level up those abilities, you play mini games that are like time trials, basically where you kind of practice your abilities to get the currency used to level up said ability. Um, those are kind of fun. I only really did them just to get like the star power to level up some of my stuff. Um, but again, leveling up things don't really matter because no matter what, you're going to be able to beat the game because it's an easy game. <laughs> yeah, that that's yeah. I mean, you you hit a really, really solid point right there. It's like if there's no incentive to really level up your stuff or use the progression systems in the game, then why are they really there? Right. If like yeah. they're not helping you break through any walls. And I think we talked about this on the Elden Ring episode several months ago when we did that one. It's like. That game, you explore in that game specifically because there's a wall in front of you and you're like, okay, I can't beat this boss. Let me upgrade. Let me let me level up. Maybe I'll grind a little bit. Maybe I'll find a new sword or go to this dungeon and get this like particular spell. And it really incentivizes you to like you leverage like the other systems in the game. Uh, explore, find things, try things, experiment. Where in Kirby, it's it's so it's so damn easy that like you can just play the game like there's two modes there's wild mode and i forget the other one baby mode or whatever and wild mode is like the most misleading name ever like i probably i don't think i died once did how many times did you die i don't think i died once the the ign the ign reviewer that did the uh, review for the game died one time they said Mm. um and i heard that uh on i believe uh ign games you know what uh, i died I died to the the armadillo ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, one time, right? Yeah. Um, and it was probably because you just weren't trying that hard. And I, I'm not saying that dying is is what you want in your video game. It's just it, it, you need you need your you need to have some sort of challenge to keep things fun and to make people want to use the other systems that you put in the game. I just don't think that that this game did that. Um, 
So yeah, uh, the game design was lacking there. Uh, I do want to mention too, because we don't, you know, something's interesting, Lucas, I just noticed. We don't really have a good spot to talk about story design. You know, we might want to think about that I for think, future yeah. episodes. I think we've but, done that for a few few games here and there. But. Yeah, we always, we always have to kind of throw it in there. But um, yeah, a big thing this game does is it literally puts all the story in literally the last, I don't know, basically the whole story is summed up in two minutes and like a little dialogue thrown in as you're approaching the final boss. That's really all you get for story. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, I get it. It's Kirby. That's not why you're playing this game, but I don't know. I, I would have appreciated it a little bit more. <laughs> I know. I know that was, that was very weird. Um, I think like they probably could have balanced it a little bit more. I'm not sure why they did it that way. Uh, the story was pretty like, I honestly kind of interesting. Like what, what happens in that final act is like, kind of crazy the last boss is like kind of insane um and i don't know i just i feel like they could have built up to it a little bit more it does feel like it kind of comes out of nowhere where it's like wait what <laughs> why are we here how did this happen it is kind of the feeling i get and maybe that's the intention right there but it's it, it, it does jump very quickly you know yeah absolutely moving into art style lucas um go for it I don't really have too many thoughts on the art style, to be honest. I mean, it's just like very basic 3D graphics. Uh, I mean, it looks good. I, I liked how he looked when he absorbed cars and cones. thought that was pretty funny. Um, I did like some of the bosses, actually, the boss designs. I really liked the groundhog or the armadillo, rather. Mm -hmm. um, not because I thought he looked cool, because I thought he was terrifying. Uh, I thought the armadillo was going to like kill me in my sleep. Um, I don't know why. He just looked totally unhinged. Like <laughs> Unhinged is great unhinged. description. It's the best way I would describe him. Um, the, oh, what else? The, uh, some of the set designs was pretty cool. Uh, one of the levels in particular, uh, Avil Mall actually reminded, or Avil Mall. Yeah, yeah. Reminded me cool. of Spec Ops The Line. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because, I mean, Spec Ops, you're playing through, you know, Dubai, the desert, and go through, like, old buildings and stuff. And then this was, like, on a wasteland. So kind of interesting to bring that back to that. And if you haven't, go watch our Spec Ops The Line episode. To this day, I, I think that's one of the best episodes Luke's that I've recorded. So highly that's recommend you check it out. Um, and the, the design in this game of the final boss was absolutely terrifying. That whole um, sequence was really cool. At He's, the end, it's just like a terrifying amalgamation of it's basically what Kirby would look like if Kirby like didn't just assimilate and dissolve everything, but rather assimilated and like took on parts of what it absorbs appearance, you know, <laughs> um, like this thing is just an amalgamation of everything it's absorbed and it's terrifying. It's kind yeah. of like, um, not not the blob, but almost kind of like the the thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, you haven't seen the thing. I've talked about the thing. On no, no, we've talked before. about this, but I have not seen the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The director of Kirby, uh, Shinya Kamazaki, is is awesome. Is an amazing artist, actually. Um, I I was telling this to Matt before we started recording um, just a little bit ago, and you know, it's it's funny how we talk about like how Kirby's kind of a monster. If you like put a little bit of additional thought into like what is actually happening and when you're a kid, it doesn't bother you. But then when you're an adult, you're like, what the fuck is Kirby? Um, the director of the game, I have a feeling truly understands like the horror of Kirby uh, and horror in general. Uh, Shinya uh, Kamazaki is like an uh, incredible, like eldritch, like horror type of artist. Um, I don't know, Matt, how would you describe some of his work? I sent, I sent Matt some of his work. And for those of you, if you're near a computer, if you're able to Google it, please Google like Kirby director artwork. Uh, it's pretty, pretty uh, awesome, actually. And uh, I, very unexpected for the type of like game that Kirby is, that there could be like such a darkness behind the director. Um, I found his personal yeah. website. 
and uh, the types of stuff that, you know, he he talks about. He has like diary logs that I want to get into a little bit here. Top 1000 movies and top 1000 games. Uh, so I want to talk about this, but how, sorry, how did you just describe the art? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting because a lot of what his art is, is at least in two of the things you sent me, it's very combining different entities. Like <laughs> one of them like is a woman's head with like some on mounted on some kind of tentacle monster with like weird wings and a scorpion's tail. And then the other one is like like an alien thing that appears to be kind of taking over and assimilating a human. Um, she's just wild, you know, from a guy that makes, I don't know, like this guy's probably killed some people. It's, it's just <laughs> how I feel about it. I, I'm looking at one here. Uh, I would describe it as, and this is just on his personal website, a bull head with like 10 different teeth and horns coming out of it, coming out of a canvas on a wall with blood and claw marks all over the frame itself. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, <laughs> pretty extreme stuff. Um, pretty intense. <laughs> great art. I mean, I find it very, very fascinating and super interesting. And um, it's, it's amazing. I mean, if you Google Shinya... Kamuzaki, uh, what you're going to find on Google Images are these images juxtaposed with like really cute Kirby images, which I think is hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> I send a screenshot of what I'm looking at right now on my screen, but I'm seeing a, a abyss, like a gargoyle with a complete black abyss for a body with wings and a lizard tail, and then Kirby. And then yeah. a picture, a literal picture of Kirby right next to it on Google Image. Uh, I'm seeing here a uh, woman's face, just a face with tree roots growing out of it, surrounded by sharp looking fly flies that are like made of crystals on like a dirt black background. Uh, and I see the Kirby Star Allies poster right next to it as well, which looks adorable. Uh, so it's a weird, wild world that we live in. Uh, and some scary shit. Yeah, no, seriously, seriously, seriously. Um, and I, I just find this super fascinating. I went down the rabbit hole with uh, this director again. And again, his name is uh, Shinya Kamazaki and uh, just just found this to be utterly fascinating. Uh, so definitely, definitely check him out. And uh, he's had a long career actually working at Nintendo the last 20 years making Kirby games. Uh, actually, and this is pure coincidence, the designer of both Kirby Canvas Curse and Kirby Air Ride games that the only Kirby games that I've played. So I've only played Kirby games that were uh, designed or led by uh, Shinya Kamazaki. Very interesting. Fun fact, not a Nintendo employee, HAL Laboratory employee, which is actually not owned by Nintendo. It's independent. Oh, they're not. Um, it's so closely tied to Nintendo, though, they consider it a, quote, second party developer. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's not officially that. owned by Nintendo, but I assumed it was, too. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Um, anyway, uh, back to the art style. I, ironically enough, I do feel like a lot of the game was pretty bland, uh, and except for like some of the insanity at the end and some of the boss design, like you mentioned, um, I just found it to be a little generic ish. Uh, even like some well, it's of those, weird, right? Because it's like supposed to be kind of an apocalyptic world almost. And then it's like also has to be a Kirby game. So you can't really get gritty and interesting with it. It's like, oh, here's this scarred, empty world. And here's all these cute little monsters for Kirby to go and suck up. Num, num, num. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I could just like see that there is like. Uh, th this is me reading very, very much into it. But like if you take into account like the ending and like the art style and like what is going on with that final boss and just some of like the overall like. I guess story within this game is there is something that's trying to come out. Like there is some sort of creative force. Like I would love to see what game Shinya Kamazaki would make if he didn't make a Kirby game. Like mm -hmm. would he go super dark? Would it be like super playable? Would it be extremely experimental? Would it be strange? Would it, you know, like I, I just feel like Kirby is like really boxed in as a video game franchise where like everything has to be very safe and very cute when clearly there's this like extremely creative, very dark uh, creative force. And I mean dark in a good way, uh, creative force that is that is kind of looking to come out. And I think the ending, you know, really did come out. 
Uh, and in some instances, like with the boss fights. Um, but for the most part, it was just that kind of cute, cutesy, safe game. Uh, that's my take on the art style, really. Is safe and cute, barring the end. It's Kirby. Kirby. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on to sound design, uh, sound effects, voice, and things like that. Um, I like Kirby's individual voice and sound effects type of stuff. It's cute. It's <laughs> like, no, you run out of synonyms. Um, but cute, yes. Uh, the music yeah. for me wasn't anything very special. It kind of just sounded like Diet Mario Kart 8. Like music is like kind of jazzy, toned down a little bit, um, very feel goody. There was some like the even the boss music wasn't too like intense, I guess, is like the way to say it. It just kind of feels like a darker tone, like bassier, drummier version than like what would be a level music. I hate to shit on the music so much, but it just. I didn't like sit and go like, wow, this is a banger. Or I didn't sit and go like, whoa, this is unique to the context. This is different. This is risky. This is cool. Like I never felt that way during the music. My exact notes were, was cute, I guess. No real thoughts otherwise. Okay. We might be on the very similar, similar wavelengths there. Um, yeah. Again and again, I'll, I'll mention you as I've been mentioning throughout this podcast. I acknowledge this is a children's Kirby game. It's not trying to do anything profound, but that doesn't mean we can't criticize it for not. True, true. Um, all right, moving on to the NPC award. Matt, you want to go first? Yeah, mine was the female announcer as you're approaching the final boss. As, at the <laughs> That's end great. That's great. Because just, you know, just like, thank you for giving me the whole story of the eight hour game in two minutes. Thank yeah. you whatever yeah, their just name ex- was. Pure exposition on an elevator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so funny. I'm going to go ahead and uh, hand this one to King uh, DDD. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually pulls off a good guy move uh, in the elevator to like save the the poor Waddle Dee. And, um, you know, I love King DDD. He's goaded. Yeah. He's goated. I love King DDD in Smash. You know, he's cool. He's uh, he throws Waddle Dees. So that's fun. And uh, he's goaded. Exactly. All right. Uh companion piece pick uh you want to you want to go first does he die did they don't they don't it's unresolved if he does die <laughs> it's it, you know you know that reminds it reminds me of uh did you watch avatar the original not not james cameron uh, the animated show avatar the last airbender yeah 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 of course it reminds me of when they're watching the play on um like the fire island and they're recapping jets like supposed death. Oh yeah. And they're just like the characters in the show are like, did, did Jet just die? <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, it's very, they're like, oh, it was pretty unclear. Yeah. It's yeah, just like, it's just like a subtle, a subtle wink from the creators from, to the, from yeah. Like to yeah. acknowledge like what the audience was thinking for a couple years. And there. I also acknowledge how it's just like a kid's TV show at the same time. So they can't be too like on the nose with anything. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> really, really funny. Um, God, that show is still amazing show. today. More um, around companion piece. Companion piece pick. Go for it. Uh, Avatar Lesson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so <laughs> for my companion piece pick, you know, normally we pick either like a movie or a book or a television show or maybe even a music album. Um, today, you know, I decided to go with Dave and Buster's. The, <laughs> right. Dave and Buster's. The... Uh, adult Chuck E. Cheese adult arcade. And I chose Dave and Buster's because it is, you know, you get there, maybe you get a drink, you get some tickets, get some coins, play some games, whatever. And it's fun for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, seeing everything you need to see. And then you're kind of just done. And that's how I felt about Kirby. Okay. (laughs) Great companion piece pick. That makes me want to actually go to Dave and Buster's Um, or maybe even round one pretty soon here Rod was, um, I, I it's like it's like david busters ahead. with the bowling yeah. alley right it's the same thing um I think it's better than david busters I'll, I'll agree with you there yeah because they have like ping pong and like karaoke rooms too at round one mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken yep oh we gotta round go back one. to round one we gotta hit it up dude yeah, it's been a while yeah yeah uh all right companion piece pick now this comes from again uh shinya kamuzaki's personal website 
had some really cool stuff. I, I encourage anybody that is a fan of Kirby or just sort of video game devs in general to really check out his site. Uh, we'll probably link it in the Discord here uh, when this episode comes out. Uh, and uh, Shinya Kamazaki has a movie section of his website where he has his top 1,000 movies, which is <laughs> huge, huge list. But uh, I just want to take one off of the top five here. A lot of these top ones, uh, interesting enough, the first four are all Alfred Hitchcock films, and the next four are all like Stanley Kubrick films. So I'm going to take number four here off of his list, his fourth favorite film, Psycho, which is an amazing, amazing Alfred Hitchcock movie that everyone should check out. Um, the like the original black and white psycho yes the original with yeah. norman bates in the bates motel really really stabbing really movie. scene is awesome shower iconic. stabbing scene super yeah. iconic uh awesome movie uh i actually watched it i think last year i watched it with my grandma and uh we we just loved every every second of it super classic um whenever you watch hitchcock you realize all the tropes that you watched like growing up in like cartoons or like just in shows in general, came from Hitchcock, which is really funny. Um, the other movies that are on here, just just for those of you curious, his number one movie is The Wrong Man, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, number two is Ooh. Vertigo. Number three is North by Northwest, Hitchcock. Uh, number five, The Shining. And then there's a little bit of weird translation here because the site is in Japanese, but we got uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Full Metal, Full Metal Jacket, Lolita, Eyes Wide Shut, and The Godfather. All of those are amazing, amazing films. Um, so you notice, you know, there's sort of a pattern here with this creative mind in terms of like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, Stanley Kubrick, The Godfather. Um, and then everything else is just like, it goes from there to Godzilla, Godvi Godzilla versus Kinky Dora, Godzilla versus <laughs> Mecha Godzilla, Godvi Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, Godzilla versus Mothra, and then Blair Witch Project and Blair Witch Project 2. So it's <laughs> a good, it's a great movie list for sure picks up quickly it does it does yeah. we also got seven on here uh on the top 20 seven was really good seven that makes sense matrix is on here saw that for the first time recently very good super good dr doolittle's like top 50 <laughs> sure this guy's great <laughs> seriously i'm such a huge fan i really really i i really want to see him make a non-kirby game or like you know hear his thoughts on what would be his pitch or uh, i just want to see his art come to life in like some sort of some sort different of different avenue content. or something yeah, yeah yeah all right interesting guy yeah uh favorite moment oh gosh uh it was the final boss for me just because yeah too it's pretty horrifying um just like this crazy amalgamation um and I mean, honestly, there's not really much other, at least for me, memorable moments in this game. And I'll just say in general, I don't really think anyone will find any particular part of this game super memorable. Yeah, um, the ending sequence is just the most memorable because of like the the craziness and like the energy, the art, the, the climb. It's the climax of of this little story that you get. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it makes makes sense there. Um, we could jump into nitpicks. I mean, I think we already kind of did. Um, you know, sluggish movement, repetitive sort of abilities, the lack of a need for any of the systems in the game. It just and, gets boring. Yeah, and just uh, gets gets a little boring there, a little quick there. Yeah, uh, that's all it is. But hey, you know, I, I think I do want to take this opportunity to really invite uh, any Kirby fans in our fan base to really, you know, reach out shoot us some sort of email or message us on discord and you know want to know what your thoughts were on this game uh like i mentioned earlier in the episode you know this did get a sort of run-of-the-mill safe score from ign it got an 8 out of 10 from ign i think it was rated pretty high for game informer and GameSpot. they gave it a 9 out of 10. i would imagine that the reviewers of those games were are of those um you know of game informer and GameSpot were probably pretty big kirby fans to begin with that were given a brand new take on a Kirby game. But for those of you that are longstanding Kirby fans, you know, was this game kind of par for the course in terms of difficulty? Was it par for the course in terms of like what you expect from a Kirby game? And did it just kind of branch out a little bit? And for me and Matt, maybe we're just missing all this context. Um, I'd be curious to know. 
Yeah, you know, write in. Let us know what you love about Kirby. Just email explainpod.gmail.com. Defend against my my own Lucas's takes. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Matt. Well, would you play other games from this developer? We got to answer that question. Yeah, yeah, sure. We already have. I mean, we do. So it's like yeah. hard to say no to that one. And how yeah. how Labs is just such so massive. I mean, the major series are Mother. Super Smash Brothers and Kirby. So it'd be Mother, definitely more easy to avoid. Play a but lot of Smash Brothers. Play a lot of Smash. So we'll never, never talk shit on HAL Laboratory. Um, just just a, a great developer there. So yeah. um, although just like I said, uh, Shinya Kamazaki, make something different. Just make some make make something that's just all your own, completely different from from any of the series that you works on worked on before. I think it could be really, really cool. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, final conclusion and rating on the game. So uh, we're going to give our score for the game here. For those of you listening to the podcast for the first time, me and Matt are each going to give this game a score out of 10. Add them up and do it out of 20. And that is the official score uh, for the game. Matt, our rating on uh, three are on mm-hmm. after one. Three, two, one, seven, six. I knew you were going to go a little lower than me. Okay. You got a 13. We got Kirby got a 13. Now I was wanting to give it a six. The reason I'm giving it the seven is because at the end of the day, this is a game that is solid, that works. It wasn't broken. I, I value that a lot in my games, Matt. I know we've talked, I've, I've, I've mentioned that before and I, I wait, I wait my ratings based on if the game didn't just have any issues in general with the way it was built. But I think this game was built very well and uh, is a high quality game. It just does all these things that I don't like. So that's the seven. You know, I, I gave it a, I gave it a six instead of a five for every reason you just said. You are right though, you know, and it doesn't do anything importantly wrong. It's just not a game for you or I, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. They're not all, they're not all hits, you know, on my trip in Europe, you know, I was cracking some jokes. They weren't all landing. You know what I, you know what I always say to my friends? <laughs> They're not all going to be hits. Eight out of 10, seven out of 10. Not bad. I'll take those odds. Can't get them all, you know? That's right. Um, and that's okay, you know? And I think considering the target demographic for this game, considering the fact that it still gets a six from me, I think that's pretty darn good. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like, I'm a little sad that I, this game didn't end up being as good as I thought it would be. Um, I really was expecting sort of Mario Odyssey caliber like gameplay or like game revolution, you know, like yeah. when I played when I played Odyssey, it was like really felt like, whoa, this is the, this is now the future. Like this, this really feels like I've leap, leapt ahead into like the future where this this just felt like it was catching me up, like it was doing everything that things do now or what they did five years ago. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was, uh, overall, I think a little disappointed with the game. Uh, wish, wish there was, um, wish there was just more to it there. But hey, you're right. Can all be hits. Can all be hits. All right. Any more thoughts? That's all I got. All right, everyone. That is all we got today. Uh, as a reminder, you can find the podcast online at TFP Podcasts. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. You can find us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at those social media handles. You can also shoot us an email at thanksplayingpod at gmail.com. You can find our website, thanksplaying.live, and in on our website or in the link tree handle on any of our social medias, you can find a link to our Discord. Coming out in our Discord, it's a good time. Uh, it's really the best place to get in touch with either myself or Lucas. And there will be voting going on this week for the next game we'll be doing, so keep a lookout for that. Uh, that'll be fun to um be involved with i'd say that's always a fun part fun fun little time for the discord um deciding what game we'll be playing next so coming out it's a good time and if you want to hang out with your good buddy matt you can find me on twitter at good idea matthew great uh and if you want to find me on instagram you could find me at good idea lucas and uh, of course you could always message me in the discord um just been chilling, you know, hanging out, uh, playing a lot of games lately, a lot of League of Legends, uh, got into Destiny 2 a little bit. So if you want to chat about that, uh, feel free to hit me up. 
if you need me, Matt, I will be in Chicago this week. Yes, he will be. What are you doing in Chicago? Uh, well, Lollapalooza uh, for Lollapalooza. two days, uh, Friday, Saturday. So going to see some some good some good acts. Uh, you know, I'm excited to. I got a lot of great food recommendations uh, from my older brother who was just recently there for a little while. Food recommendations, coffee shops, um, you know, just cool neighborhoods and places to go. Uh, hot dogs, hear, right? That's, hot that's dogs, glizzies, glizzies in uh, in Chicago. Uh, supposed to be supposed to be great. So I want I want a Chicago style dog. I want a Chicago style pizza. Um, you know, Chicago in the summertime I've heard is very great. Um, and I've I've just heard really good things about the city. It's my first time going, so I'm very excited. Love a glizzy, <laughs> a glizzy in Chicago. Shit, right. I had a lot of glizzies in uh in in uh, Germany. Yeah, in Germany. Maybe not hot dogs, but a lot of fucking sausage, bro. What you know what they got in Germany? Uh, it's like bratwurst, you know. But is it? It's it's a hot dog. Like you had bratwurst. You had. I, mean, I don't order a hot bun. dog. I order a bratwurst. Yeah. But you, it's in a bun. What I mean, it's like a baguette. It's interesting. Okay. You know the craziest thing about Germany is the amount of butter and the amount of pretzels, and the, how great it goes together. My God. Um, <laughs> Phenomenal. That's either here nor there. All right, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby Bob. Thanks for playing. Is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 